0: Okay, so I have really enjoyed this summer. Uh, For me, um, summer has been a time where I have luxuriated in uh, being present to uh, three things, and that is katydids, uh, dew, and sparkle on the dew. And uh, so there is just something wonderful about uh, walking through the grass barefooted in the morning when it's still wet and sparkly and listening to the katydids. And so uh, for me, that is a time where it says, all is well. So I have just luxuriated in all is well. And that has absolutely nothing to do with what I'm going to share this morning. <laughs> but I just heard the Katie dids again and I thought, ah, that's such a nice, nice sound. All right. So uh, we're going to be talking this morning about cultivating love by being aware in order to dispel fear. Cultivating love by being aware in order to dispel fear. So this, these last five or six years, I usually speak just before the Enneagram groups uh, form in the fall. And in these talks, I usually demonstrate how we use the Enneagram as a spiritual tool to become more Christ-like. And usually the topic has something to do with what the Holy Spirit is dealing with in my life. I have this genuine thingy going on and what that means is I have to experience what I am suggesting to you or I will feel like a fraud and I am not tolerant of feeling like a fraud and so if you say that in a kinder way what that means is if I've experienced what I am sharing then I can vouch for the veracity of it and today is no exception so let's just jump right in This spring, as I said, I taught on the nine levels of development of each of the nine types. The least developed is level nine, and it's called the level of pathological destructiveness. And the most developed is level one, and it's called the level of liberation. And what we learned was that the level that you were operating from was determined by how well you were processing the fears that are congruent with that level. The theory states that if your fears are overwhelming you, then you will digress to a lower level. And if you're able to be present to your fears and process them, you will move up to a higher level of development. And the theory states that we all fear, but and We all have a specific fear that is Enneagram type related. And that specific fear is non-negotiable. You don't get to decide or choose the fear that you are the most susceptible to. You don't get to choose the fear that you are the most vulnerable to. And you don't get to choose the fear that gets to you every time. And here are the Enneagram-type fears. There are a group of you that fears being defective, bad, evil, or corrupt. More than anything. There is another group of you that fears being unloved and unwanted. Another group fears being worthless and without value. Another group fears having no identity, no personal significance. Another group of us fears being helpless, useless, and incapable. Another group of us fears having no support or guidance. Another group of us fears being deprived or trapped in pain. Another group of us fears being harmed or controlled by others. And the last group fears loss and annihilation. Stated in another way, if and when you get triggered, it is often because the fear that is non-negotiable to you has been pinged. Well, what an interesting concept. When I learned that, I remembered 1 John 4, 18, where it says, perfect love casts out fear. Love casts out fear. And then I had the thought, that instead of focusing on and trying to manage my fear, why not focus on cultivating love within myself and letting love drive out fear? Sort of like strengthening your immune system and letting your immune system fight your diseased cells. So how might we strengthen our immune system so that our immune system can do the fighting? How might we cultivate love within ourselves? so that we can then send love to cast out our fear. How might we cultivate our internal gardens of love and let love process our fears? How might we be receptive to perfect love, God love, and allow that love to melt our fears? Perfect love casts out fear. St. Augustine wrote, Late Have I loved you, O beauty ever ancient, ever new, late have I loved. You were within me, but I was outside, and it was there outside that I searched for you. In my unloveliness I plunged into the lovely things which you created. You were within me, but I was not with you. You were within me, but I was not with you. When we cultivate our gardens of love, we are no longer not with him. We are no longer outside. I thought I had done a decent job of cultivating love within, but then I remember reading or hearing someone say, Make a list of everyone you love. And I remember being so shocked when that person then asked, Are you on that list? I can't imagine putting myself on a list of the people that I love. Maybe you're like me. I'm the problem to be solved. I'm the character to be refined. I'm the responsibility to be tackled. I'm the list to be finished. I'm the observer to be ignored. I'm the server to be exhausted i'm the rebellion to be beat i'm the feeling to be dismissed i'm the body to be tolerated i'm the dull one to be overlooked am i on the list of the people that i love hardly what a wake up call so elizabeth barrett browning wrote how do i love thee let me count the words the ways and I change that to, "How do I love me?" Let me count the ways. So what are some of the obvious ways one can cultivate your garden of love? Well, here are some practical ways: Stuff like speaking kindly to yourself. Stuff like, like giving yourself grace. Stuff like forgiving yourself. Stuff like having compassion on your failures. Stuff like focusing on the people that like you instead of the people that don't like you. Stuff like slowing down when you are tired. Stuff like turning off the electronics so that you can get more sleep. Stuff like meditating. Stuff like saying no to people that use you. When you do these things you're cultivating your garden of love. You are focusing on that which gives you energy instead of on that which does not give you energy. You're focusing on that which gives peace instead of that which doesn't give peace. You're focusing on that which gives joy instead of focusing on that which does not bring joy. The only problem with all of this is you can't cultivate your garden of love if you are not self-aware. You can't speak kindly to yourself if you are not aware of how unkind your thoughts are. You can't give yourself grace if you're not aware of your lack of grace. And you can't have compassion on your failures if you're not aware of how harsh your self-talk is. You can't slow down if the tiredness of your body is ignored. And you can't demand that people not use you if you've already come to the conclusion that you have no worth or value. Rollhauser states in his book Against an Infinite Horizon, horizon, my life is going on full of many things and too often I am absent from those things, too restless to receive the spirit of my own life. Rich life, life life-giving, love True community and God are all present, but I am absent. Too restless to receive the spirit of my own life. Being aware means being present. Present to the intelligence of the body, present to the intelligence of the heart, present to the intelligence of the mind. Being aware by being present means not judging what you are feeling. Being aware by being present means accessing compassion. Being aware by being present means accessing the story you're telling yourself and perhaps dropping it. We can cultivate our garden of love by becoming aware of when we are doing our self-rejecting, our self-deleting, our self-opposing. Loving ourselves is stopping rejecting ourselves. Stopping self-deleting, stopping opposing ourselves at every turn. Again, you can't stop something you're not aware of. You can't stop self-deleting if you're not aware that you are self-deleting. You can't stop self-rejecting if you're not aware that you are self-rejecting. And you can't stop self-opposing if you're not aware that you are self-opposing. So here is a small and silly story a silly life example of what I'm talking about. My Enneagram type fear is I fear incompetence. And when I suspect perceived incompetence within myself, I will punish myself and shame myself for my incompetence. I watched that happen the other day. And here is the story. I exercise on a mat That is in my office, where I have also been known to eat when I watch a movie on my computer. And predictably, over the years, spots of dropped food have found their way permanently onto my carpet. And while I exercise, I find myself fixated on the food spots on my carpet. I am drawn to those flaws in my carpet like a moth is drawn to fire. If I were to dissect the next minute or two, here is what we would find. My fear of incompetence is pinged. I failed to take care of my carpet. I shame myself for my incompetence. And I am irritated and irked and maybe even disgusted. The story I tell myself is only an incompetent person would have been so cavalier about eating in her office. At this this point, I have a choice. I can choose to not be aware and repeat this day after day after day. Or I can choose to be aware, make different choices, and have a different future. So I choose to be aware... Awareness means I have to feel the feelings in my body of irritation, disgust, and shame. So, where in my body am I feeling irritation? Where in my body am I feeling disgust? Where in my body am I feeling shame? Awareness also means that I have to listen to the story I'm telling myself. Only an incompetent person would be so cavalier about her carpet. And awareness means that I have to access love in the form of compassion. Love casts out fear. I go to my heart and I access compassion. Feelings of sorrow that I shame and punish myself. Feelings of sorrow that I am tormented by the fear of incompetence. Feelings of compassion that I just pummeled myself with negativity, accusations, and scorn. It hurts me that I chose to hurt me. When I can feel my feelings, hear my stories, and access compassion, then I can change my future. When I can feel my feelings, hear my stories, and access compassion, then I can change my future. How did I change my future? Remember, I warned you, this was a silly story. I decided to focus, the only power we have is the power of focus. I decided to focus on those areas of the rug that have no food spots. And now, while I am exercising, I intentionally focus on an entirely different area of the room that has no food stains. And I'm thinking, that carpet in the corner is such a pretty color. And I am thinking, you, Robin, did such a good job choosing that color. And I am thinking, I still like the way the wall color and the rug color complement each other. And I am experiencing joy. I am cultivating my garden of love by caring about the messages I give myself, by caring about my thoughts that I subject myself to. Love casts out fear. Here's another example of cultivating your garden of love. Because I am fear-based, I have worked very hard to never feel fear that is how much i fear fear so what that means is that when i am afraid i never feel fear because i won't allow myself to so what i have learned interestingly enough is that when i procrastinate it is a sign that i am afraid so i can't go and trust my feelings to tell me that but i can observe and see oh look You're procrastinating. Wonder what that might mean. And just as an aside, we all procrastinate, but for nine different reasons. So about six weeks ago, I started getting scared about speaking today. How do I know? Because I, was it because I felt afraid? No, I felt no fear. I knew I was afraid because I watched myself put off preparing and I started scaring myself the way fear based people are wont to do. And the way I scare myself is by putting off preparing. I procrastinate. I was aware of my procrastination and I was aware that I was scaring myself. And so I asked myself, would you like to love yourself instead? Would you like to love yourself so much that you start preparing now instead of feeling terrible for the next six weeks? Would you like to love yourself so much that you actually care about how you experience the next six weeks? Now, I could have shamed myself for six weeks. I could have scorned my poor work habits. I could have compared myself to all of you disciplined people out there. I could have eaten everything in sight. Or I could care about how miserable I was about to make myself. And love myself enough to do things differently. Love casts out fear. And yes, I did choose to love myself. And yes, I did prepare the bulk of this talk six weeks ago. I do practice what I preach. (laughs) Uh, Love is the only thing that connects. The same love that connects me to you is the same love that connects me to me. The same love that connects me to you is the same love that connects me to me. And without that connection, we drift. And without that connection, we fear. So let's cultivate our gardens of love and then let's let love dissolve our fears. Love casts out fear. So I'm going to end our time together by reading excerpts from a meditation called, predictably, practicing gentle kindness towards ourselves. This is by Sarah Blondin. And you can access this meditation on the Insight Timer app. Now here's what I don't want you to do. I don't want you to stiff arm this warm embrace. Okay, I've spent my life poo-pooing anything sentimental. I have uh, said things metaphorically Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay? If you hear yourself going, yeah, 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 I want you to stop. (laughs) I want you to receive this warm embrace. So uh, for about the next seven minutes, let's get comfortable. Close your eyes if you choose. Focus on your breath if you choose. And let's practice some gentle kindness towards ourselves. And if you would like, imagine Jesus sitting across the table from you saying these words. I know I know the dark calls to you sometimes, that you turn your face from the light. I know you walk down roads you know you shouldn't. Walk into places your heart is gently urging you not to. I know you see your habits and long to change them. I know you are tired of your worn-out ways of being. Tired of reliving patterns and choosing painful choices. I know how much it hurts to live there in the divide between what you feel you are and what you wish you could be. That at times, life feels paralyzing. I know you work so hard to control the outcome of your life that you forget to breathe sometimes. That you live in the shallow end. That you forget to go deep. Breathe deep. That you forget to meet yourself in the quiet and breathe yourself full again. You forget that there is a well of abundance and trust within you. You forget to go there. For fear of losing control I know there are places within yourself that you do not love the parts you try to wrestle away from I know they are there within you and that they steal away your joy I know you visit them from time to time hoping they have somehow disappeared I know you long to live more in bliss where you know you were intended to live. This, this is where you belong. When you arrive there, you are so alive. It is as if everything around you is telling you, yes, you are home. I know you can see how much you have grown, that you are learning to taste heaven and you swear sometimes you could grow wings that you are rising above your dark shadows and you live there. I know you live there, also in the terror between those two worlds, between the dark and the light, between trust and distrust, between love and hatred, between acceptance and resistance, between control and faith, between sun-soaked mornings and dark forests. You are human, my dear one, my dearest love. You are human. You are allowed to be in both ways. You are allowed. You are not wrong. You are not damaged. You are not failing because you still get lost in dark rivers. You are human. Be gentle when doubt comes when fear chokes, when control debilitates, when loneliness blinds you. Spend special care to love yourself in these dark corridors of your being. Spend special care to bring love to your own self. Take gentle care of your vulnerability when you are here. When you arrive in the dark, know you are being offered the chance to grow your own internal garden of love. The dark offers you the chance to love all the places you never dared, all of the places that challenge you, all of the places you curse. The dark offers a restoration of love to your entire being, no matter where you stand. When you are down, you deserve more love, not less. Where we deprive ourselves of love is where we need it most. When the dark comes, tell it what it longs so deeply to hear, that you are loved. You are loved in all of your shadow, loved in all of your light, loved in all of your various stages. Moments of sadness or fear cannot be cured or defeated, They can only be transformed by learning to love and support yourself when they arrive. They will come again and again and give you the opportunity to cultivate your own inner garden of love. And with time and practice will release. They will visit less. They will come not for days but instead Only moments. It will remind you from time to time to love yourself more. The dark, it serves you. You are learning to restore the love you lost, the love you forgot you are comprised of. When the light comes, and it always does, even if found only for the moment on the crest of a wave, on a southern breeze, on a bead of dew. No, it is sending you its own unique message of love, confirming that you, without any effort on your part, are being blessed. You are being showered that even in the great darkness that visits you, you are being taught how to love. Feel the rise and fall of your chest. Feel the darkness behind your eyes. See here in this place there is also great light. They are part of one another. They hold the same message. They have the same intention. Place your hand on your heart. Whisper, I love you. Give yourself permission to be in all the places you are without judgment or criticism or frustration and let the process of life unfold as it is. Change nothing about it except the amount of love you shower within. Except for the amount of love you give yourself. In both times of great joy in great unrest.